Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are an Irish basketball coaching legend is stepping down. Conference play is underway in college basketball, previewing this week's biggest college hoops games. Down to four teams vying for the Lombardi Trophy. Recapping the NFL Divisional Round and previewing the Conference Championship games. With that, I give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here. Back live in the studio on a Wednesday night in Matt's basement in beautiful Delaware, Ohio. Like Colton said, uh, Mike Bray announced he's stepping down from Notre Dame. Uh, joined, uh, joined the Irish in uh, 2000. Um, you know, they were they had some good run back in the day when Digger Phelps, you know, was the coach at Notre Dame. But in the seasons previous to uh, Mike Bray taking over, the nine seasons previous to that, they no NCAA uh, appearances um, and only three NIT bids previous to that. And then, uh, you know, he took over and, and since 2000, they've uh, 13 um, tournament appearances. Um, they won the, they joined the ACC in 2013 and actually won the ACC in 2015 when the, when the big East disbanded there and had some success in the big East and, Made it to the Elite Eight twice, won the ACC championship in 2015 with a record of 32 and six, winning winning as coach in Notre Dame history. Kind of surprised me, but uh, you wonder how much this NIL thing has to do with this. You know the, the how much this is changing the game. You know so many one and done guys anymore. Um, you know he's only 63 years old. Uh, overall record at Notre Dame 481 and 270. Give me your thoughts on this, fellas. Yeah, no, it's a it's a little little strange to see. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's been at been at Notre Dame for twenty plus years, and I mean, uh, it, it's just strange because it's not like I mean, yeah, they're having a real bad season, you know, so far this year. But it wasn't like it's been a been a trend. I mean, last no, year they they went you know twenty four and eleven. They were fifteen and five in the ACC, and you know only one game back from you know winning the ACC regular uh, title. So it's not you know something that has been kind of a trend or you know had kind of two or three bad seasons here he you know it's just kind of one one bad season that they're that they're having with Notre Dame but um you know and, and I think it's it's always interesting you know Mike Bray has always gotten the most out of his out of his guys he hasn't always had the most you know athletic or you know the most notoriety on the on the team but he always finds a way to get get the most out of his out of his team and really really plays to their strengths and and really focuses on what what they really do well and, and try to tailor you know the offense and the defense around the, the kind of guys that that he has on the team but uh yeah th- th- this guy is you know been been phenomenal um you know he kind of got his coaching uh college coaching start uh under you know a legend in, in coach K he was a former mm-hmm. assistant for Duke from uh, 1987 to 1995 before before moving on to his first head coaching gig at the uh, University of Delaware, um, where Blue had, hands. you know had a had a good you know good run there in, in in Delaware for for five years before you know making his way over over to Notre Dame. So yeah, just very strange you know to see him see him step bent down. But I, I just think yeah I don't I don't I just don't think he his heart was in it. You know he made some comments in the in the media that you know he just hasn't been there this season for for his guys and just you know hasn't been the leader that that he feels he needs to be as as the head coach so he just really feels like he's he's letting his team down letting his guys down uh so i think i, I don't know i i think he might might make his way back you know maybe he takes one one year off or maybe he takes a, a year or two off here but uh you know I, yeah just very strange to to see just because he's going out 
still somewhat on on top, even though they're they're having a rough a rough season. Matt, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot more to add about him. I mean, the guy's had a, a great successful career, 28 seasons coaching. Uh, He's at all-time record of 580, 322. He's a three-time Big East Coach of the Year, one-time National Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's, he's done a little bit of everything, and he's had a lot of great success there for Notre Dame. I know they haven't ever won it all, but they've never really been in the place to win it all before that mm-hmm. either. So he, he's kept them achieving at a high level. He's, right. he's done a great job there. So, you know, hats off to this guy. He gets to go out kind of. I mean, I know they're not having a great season, but he went out on his terms. Mm-hmm. He's stepping away. You know, he, well, he wasn't fired or asked to leave. Right. But you, you got to respect that it's what he wants to do, and, you know, hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some names I've kind of heard, you know, thrown around, you know, possible successor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard um, Greg Greg McDermott, who's been a longtime coach at, at Creighton there. A mm-hmm. um, little bit on the older side, you know, age-wise, but, uh, you know, obviously has had a lot of success at, at, at Creighton. Uh, Chris Quinn, who's a former Notre Dame, you know, bat, former Notre Dame player and, you know, played under, under Mike Bray. Um, he's actually currently a, an assistant coach on the, the Miami heat. So this would be kind of his big, his first big, you know, kind of head coaching job. So, you know, com- completely fresh coming into it. And, uh, maybe, maybe for Buckeye fans, they probably don't want to want to hear this, but I've heard Chris Holtman's name thrown, thrown in the mix. You know, too. the way the team's playing this year, I'm not so <laughs> sure they mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, obviously uh, you know, high state not having the, the greatest of, of seasons this year. Um, but yeah, I've heard heard his name thrown around there. Well. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what obviously he's got. You know, the rest of the season to to coach up this team. But uh, yeah, I, I expect Bray to, to make a make a comeback. Maybe you know, like again, sit out maybe one one or two seasons here just to kind of get his mind right, kind of get kind of take a take a step back and just yeah kind of focus more on on himself a little bit before you know maybe maybe coming back into the into the mix yeah, so. we just give it a swap we'll go we'll go bray for holtman <laughs> there you right. go that works all right well let's uh talk about some big games this weekend one of the things going on is the big 12 uh sec challenge i think four of our five games are are uh are in that mix so you know there's a lot of i think that big 12 uh ter- the conference is probably uh, the most competitive in, in, in the in the country right now. I mean, you got a lot of good teams that are just uh, just beating the heck out of each other out there in in Middle America. So the first game on the slate, uh, we got number twelve Iowa State, fifteen and four, going into Missouri at fifteen and five. You know, Iowa State's <laughs> coming off a big win last night, beat Kansas State, number five in the country. Their defense has given up less than sixty points a game. Um, you know they. Missouri got blown out by Alabama last Saturday by 21 points. I think they're reeling just just a little bit right now. And even though they're playing at home, I like I like the Cyclones on the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you said, I, Iowa State's kind of three and two in their last their last five big win against uh, you know Kansas State the other night. But uh, Missouri's coming into this one; they're two and three in their last five. And I, I think it's going to be yeah a, a battle of of you know strengths here. You know, Iowa State, like you said, gives up less than. 60 points a game, but Missouri's averaging over 80 points a game, you know, on the offensive end. So it's really going to be, you know, who can, who can dominate on, on, you know, one side of the court. But I just think, yeah, Iowa state's trending, trending in the right, the right direction. Uh, This is a team that, that, uh, you know, shares the ball, almost averaging 16 assists as a, as a team um, and an almost, and average almost 10 steals on the defensive end. Um, So ranks towards the, towards the top, you know, not just in, in the big 12, but, you know, across, 
the whole you know college basketball landscape. I think Iowa State's in a, in a good spot here. Um, it, it just seems like Missouri against those those top teams has not performed very well. Mm-hmm. You know, another top team coming into coming into Missouri, but I like I like Iowa State to to get it done. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm going to be the lone defector here. I'm going with Missouri. I think they can pull the upset here. They're scoring 12 more points per game than Iowa State. They shoot better from the field, shooting 48% compared to 48%, 46% for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And they also shoot significantly better from the free throw line, which mm-hmm. could come in huge in a close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're shooting 76% to 68%. So, yeah, I, I think Missouri's got what it takes to, to pull an upset here. Right. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think the key in this one, Missouri shooting almost 60% as a team from the two-point land, so they don't they don't score a lot from the outside. They don't shoot the ball very well, but like to get get you know easy buckets there on the inside. If, if Iowa can somewhat you know close off the paint or you know close mm-hmm. off those those easy buckets, I think it could be a long night for Missouri. <clears throat> All right, next one, another one in that uh, Big Twelve SEC challenge. Um, Arkansas at fourteen and six going into Baylor, number seventeen. Baylor fifteen and five. Um, these teams uh, kind of had a bad stretch there. Arkansas went on a stretch where they lost uh, four straight games. Um, and in that in that stretch, they uh, they gave up their average uh, points given up was eighty three points a game, and then they came back and won two straight. So they they kind of righted the ship, and um, they're averaging only you know their average this season. They're only giving up sixty five, and then like I said, in that that stretch where they lost four games straight, their defense kind of fell apart on them, and they gave up eighty three points. And Baylor went through the same thing. They were went on a stretch where they lost three games in a row. And gave up 87 points a game, mm. and they're only giving up 69 points a game on average. And then they came back and won five straight, reeled off five straight, um, mm. playing at home. You know, 17th ranked uh, uh, team in the country right now. I like the Bears at home. Yeah, uh, go Baylor. <laughs> yeah, Matt, what you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, I'm with Rob on this one. I'm going Baylor. They're averaging four more points per game than Arkansas this season. And, and like Rob alluded to, Baylor's been hot lately. They've won their last five games in a row. Arkansas is only two and three in that same stretch. So, you know, you got to battle the team coming in hot, team coming in cold. I think Baylor stays hot and, and takes the win here at home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think it helps Baylor, you know, playing at home. You know, obviously, yeah, coming off that big five-game stretch, which includes a, a huge win over Kansas the other – I think it was on Monday night where mm-hmm. they, they, they beat the Jayhawks. Um, yeah. So, big win for them. It was a good I did, ball game. I watched that game. That was a good ball yeah, game. Yeah, I think, I think Baylor's, you know, trending in the, in the right direction. Arkansas is kind of, you know, up and down, hit or miss, uh, you know, hot and cold type deal. I uh, just like I like Baylor, you know, but in this game, you know, I think it's going to come down to to free throw shooting in both these teams. They they like they get to the free throw line often and they convert, you know, quite a bit when they do get there. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in a, in a close game, you know, coming down to it. But ultimately, I think Baylor, they don't turn the ball over a, a ton, less than uh, 13 turnovers a game. I think they take care of the ball, get a few more extra possessions. I, I think they get a win on their home court and continue that hot streak they got going okie dokie all right next one this isn't part of that challenge but uh you got number 20 miami coming at 16 16 and 4 against pittsburgh at 13 and 7 uh i'll let i'll let you guys pick this one first yeah no this is this is gonna be a a good one just because you know yeah you look at the overall records uh you know not you know not very comparable but acc wise um you know miami's seven and three in the acc and pittsburgh's uh six and three in the acc so kind of battling for position there there in the acc ranks but uh you know kind of the the last five games miami three and two in their last five pittsburgh two and three in in their last five games i mean looking at this you know they're they're giving up 
score about the same mm-hmm. you know amount of points, giving up about the same amount of points. Um, I, I just like the the veteran leadership that that the Hurricanes have um, on that team. Uh, a guy by the name of Isaiah Wong uh, for for Miami. Uh, he he's kind of the guy that that drives that that Hurricanes offense. He's uh, averaging a little over 16 points a game and, and shooting 83% from the free throw line. So definitely don't want to want to let this guy get easy points, get easy buckets. Um, for me, it, it, it's 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 going to be a close one. I mean, Pittsburgh averages less than 10 turnovers a game, so they they really do take care take care of the ball. So I think it, at times it's going to be a little bit frustrating for for Miami to you know feel like they're they're making an impact on that event, but. Again, Pittsburgh likes to get a lot of their points from from the paint or you know inside the inside the three point line. I think if Miami can can shut down or you know close off the the driving lanes or you know close off the the two point range, I think that, that the Hurricanes come out with a win here and, and go on the road and, and get a win in, in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going with the U in this one as well. I think they're be- looking at their stats; they're better in almost every statistical category. <laughs> I mean, not by a lot, but they they are the better team mm-hmm. in, in the statistical wise. But I also was trying to draw some parallels on their most common opponents recently. They've had Florida State and Duke, who they've both played. Mm-hmm. Miami knocked both of them off where uh, Pittsburgh split. Uh, and Miami, it, in their wins, obviously played better better than Pittsburgh did against those same opponents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just think I think Miami's got a slightly better team. Mm-hmm. I, I like their chances here. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to be the oddball. I'm, I'm going to take the Panthers. Um, Miami's when they matched up anyway. Miami's only played one ranked team all season when they matched up. I think Pittsburgh's a little, a little more battle tested, and uh, I, I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home in the upset. All right. Uh, next one is back to that uh, Big Twelve SEC challenge. Number ten Texas coming in at seventeen and three against number four Tennessee at sixteen and three in Knoxville. Um, I like Tennessee's de- defense. This is not a Tennessee team that you're used to seeing. It used to be, you know, they were a run and gun team. I mean, they'd score 90 points a game, didn't play any defense, didn't care how they shot from the free throw line. This is a complete turnaround. They're mm-hmm. averaging only 10 steals a game, only giving up 54 points a game. Texas has beat some good teams. They beat uh, Gonzaga at the time was number two in the country by 19 points. They Beat number seven Creighton. They beat number seventeen TCU. But uh, I like the Volunteers in Knoxville. I'm, t- I'm taking I'm taking the Tennessee Volunteers in this game. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm gonna say uh, not so fast, my friend. I, I got the got the Longhorns going on going on the road here to get a win. I mean, both these teams are, are super hot coming into this. Both yes, four four and one in their in their last five games. Um, you know, for me, I just think it's gonna be too much offense for for Texas. I know that Tennessee defense is is tough to crack, but I just think that. The veterans that that Texas had, um, you know, a guy by the name of Marcus Carr averaging a little under 18 points a game. I just think it's going to be, uh, you know, very very key for for Texas in this one. And they share the basketball, you know, quite a bit. They're they're averaging almost 17 assists a game. I just think that you know Texas share the ball around, get get scoring from a lot of different guys. I just don't know, you know, Tennessee's defense is great, but is their offense going to be enough to to get over the hump to beat? To beat the Longhorns, they do average almost 14 offensive rebounds a game. So Texas is going to have to clean up the boards to to limit the opportunities that uh, you know uh, that that Tennessee gets. You know those second chance points. But I think if they can do that, I think I think Texas you know comes out with a with a narrow victory on the road and and, and you know knocks off a, a, a top five opponent. Yeah, you know my initial thought was to say let's go good old Rocky Top, but after looking at the stats, I'm going to have to say let's go Hook'em Horns here in Texas. <laughs> the Texas scoring six more points per game and they're slightly better in most statistical categories. 
Texas is also a little more battle-tested this year. They've played a tougher schedule, and they've won some bigger games so far this season. I think Texas has done a little bit more. I think enough to, to win a tight tight contest right all now. Right. Well, I'm the oddball again in that one. Yeah, we're, we're all over the place, which all is right. good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, last one. Uh, we got, uh, you know, Battle of the Blue Bloods here. Kansas uh, Jayhawks, number nine at 16-4, and four, going into – Going into Kentucky at 14 and six, you know, this is not a position I expected Kentucky to be in right now with, you know, senior Oscar Sheepway coming back. I expected them to be, you know, one of the, one of the higher ranked teams in the country at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Kansas has just played a grueling schedule. They, Mm -hmm. they played four ranked teams in a row, you know, four ranked teams in nine days and and, uh, went one and three in that stretch. So, you know, they're, and, uh, Kentucky's only playing played four ranked teams all season, mm. uh, and and they've had the same record mm. one and three. Uh-huh. So you know it, it's going to be. But I think you know playing in Rupp Arena, I think the crowd gets behind them. Uh, and they Kentucky's playing a little better here recently. I, I like the Wildcats in this game in the upset. Yep. Yeah, it, you know if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have said Kansas without hesitation. But mm-hmm. like you alluded to, Kentucky's been playing hot lately in Kansas. <laughs> they've lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking at these teams, Kansas has overall more talent on their team. They're a statistically better team. Mm-hmm. I look for them to break out of their three-game funk and, and get a much-needed win here on the road in Kentucky. All right. Well, I've got to agree with that. I got I got the Wildcats here. I think, like you said, that, that Kansas just, yeah, away from home, they have not played played very well. When they're, you know, when they're in, inside, you know, uh, Allen Fieldhouse, or um, I think that they're one of the best teams in the country, obviously, that, that environment behind them. And I, I think, obviously, the, the – the opposite is true for Kentucky playing in, in, in Rupp Arena. Uh, you know, Kansas, like I said, doesn't doesn't play well on the road. They're on a slump. You know, you would think in a big game, it, when you're in a slump, you want to be at back at home. You want to be playing in front of that home crowd. Well, unfortunately, they got to go on the road in, in this one. And, and like I say, Kentucky's four and one in their in their last five games. I think the difference in this one is is the big man in, in Oscar Oscar Shebway. Little under 17 points a game, almost 14 rebounds a game by by himself. You know, as a team, Kentucky averages a little over 14 offensive rebounds. I think if Kentucky can convert those extra chances into, you know, into points, it's going to be real tough for, for Kansas, you know, all, all night long to, to keep that big man off the off the boards there. I like Kentucky to to get it get it done, you know, at their in their home court, get it get a big win and keep their keep their hot streak going here. So all right. Well, interesting. all those games were on Saturday, by the way. So uh, which is good because the NFL games are on Sunday, so we can do basketball all day on Saturday and football all day on Sunday. So. Just sports-filled weekend, yeah, maybe. Give my wife something else to complain about this weekend. So. <laughs> all right, so uh, we're going to do the commercial break now and uh, stay with us. we got a special guest to finish out the rest of the show with us tonight. Stick around. Don't leave us. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All 
All right, we're back at it. Uh, like I said, joining us in the studio now, we got Cooper back in here with us, Cooper Titus. Welcome, Cooper. Appreciate you guys having me back. Thank Absolutely, you. brother. Good to have you. All right, well, nothing but football the rest of the way here. We're going to recap last uh, last weekend's games. Um, who picked the Bengals? Anybody but me? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that here in just a bit. First game, uh, the Jags and the Chiefs. Um, 20 to 27. This was a game that, you know, was uh, closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, nobody expected the Jags to just lay down and die, but, uh, um, and they didn't, and, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good game, but I, you know, the difference I think was the two, two turnovers. Statistically, it was very close. Um, you know, the, if you look at the stats, it was a real close game, you know, and I, to me, and I'm not just saying this because he's an ex-Michigan guy, but to me, the real hero of this game was Chad Henney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To take that, you know, to come in cold and take that team in the third quarter and lead them on a 98-yard touchdown drive, you know, when you were pinned back at your two-yard line, they, did, they didn't give that guy – or second quarter, I'm sorry. Yep. You know, when the game was close, um, you know, I don't think they gave that guy enough credit. Not that he really did anything spectacular, but to not – you know, not make a mistake, just to manage the game mm-hmm. and to get a touchdown out of it. All right, absolutely, yeah. I think uh, obviously the the, the big storyline in this one is is going forward. Obviously, right, the right. the health of of Patrick Mahomes, you know, in this in this game, obviously went out briefly with with a deemed a high ankle sprain. So you know that'll be something to monitor and something we'll talk about. You know, when we preview you know this this week's games, but uh, I think that was obviously the big storyline. But uh, you know, the obviously. The Chiefs did just enough to, to get the win. I think uh, at the end of it, you know, the Chiefs were probably a little bit closer than what they had hoped or, you know, what they were hoping. Um, you know, Jacksonville still put up a heck of a heck of a fight, you know, in this in this game, you know, being on the road, you know, road underdogs, you know, so second year quarterback going into a hostile environment in Kansas City. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, didn't didn't play didn't play bad. I mean, I, I, I you know, he threw did throw, you know, one one pick, which might have been, you know, the, the difference maker in this in this game. Um, but, but, you know, for me, I think, I think Jacksonville held their own. They, they, they played, you know, a lot better or, you know, uh, better than, than some may have expected in this one, but ultimately the, the chiefs offense, just, you know, too much to handle, uh, just, yeah, too much Patrick Mahomes, too many, too many weapons on that, on that offensive side of the ball for, for Kansas city. Uh, they, they held the ball for almost 36 minutes. Um, and it just, yeah, kept, kept drives alive and, you know, Jacksonville just, just couldn't get, couldn't get off the field. Yeah. You what, know. Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I was going to have Cooper chime in, yeah. chime in here, see what he has. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I would have to agree. Just the Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes combo, it's <laughs> it's so difficult to stop. stop. He I'm ended with you. 14 receptions, almost 100 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, he was most of their offense mm-hmm. for most of that game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the Jags, I mean, for Lawrence to already get this far with, you know, a questionable wide receiver one with – you know, Christian Kirk as his wide receiver one, mm-hmm. especially next year going into the year, having Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're 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 going to be good. Right. They're going to be I really agree. good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. This is you know, ETN coming on. I think late in the season when he got healthy again, I think is a is a you know a big plus for him. And mm-hmm. you know they they got some maybe some work to do on defense, but yeah, I I like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, you know I, I gotta agree with Rob that Chad Henney was the the big star of this game that really kind of turned turned this thing around for the Chiefs because you thought when Mahomes went down you're thinking oh crap a collective this, this, this thing's going to go know. the wrong way right my only question was why they even bothered bringing Mahomes back I mean 
Henny didn't look bad. He took him right down, scored a 90, 94, 96 yard touchdown drive mm-hmm. there. You know, I, I think you kind of ride Henny and, and let Mahomes rest if if you if you have that luxury. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily need Mahomes at the time. They weren't right. down. They were never trailing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think I would have kept Henny in there, let Mahomes have a little more time to rest that ankle. I mean, I know it's hours, mm-hmm. not days or anything. But right. I, I think, you know, I would have started him in a, a nice ice boot and mm-hmm. got got the healing started. You got to believe that they're even giving him therapy while the guy's sleeping right now. Right. right. You know, yeah. Like- yeah. I think I think it goes back to. I mean, it was one of those things that that Mahomes almost demanded, or, you know, forced yeah. himself back in the yeah. game. I mean, that and it could have spelled even bigger disaster or whatever. I mean, this thing could have gone from you know high Bad ankle order. sprain yeah. to you yeah. know broken leg or you know something more serious than, than what what he has now I mean, or whatever he clearly wasn't himself out there right he, he, he wasn't he was making throws that looked nothing like his normal <laughs> right self. He hand the ball off yeah, yeah. yeah. he was he was somewhat hobbling around you know grimacing when he had to plant you know plant with that foot or you know whatnot uh you know we'll we'll see what is what it what it is going forward but yeah i i have to somewhat agree i think you know henny obviously he's been in this moment before you know a couple of years ago came in against the browns and did you know did just enough again to to get them the win or you know seal the win for them against the against the Browns? Uh, but you know, I, I, I mean, at least let them try. You right. know, if it starts to go south, <laughs> okay. One drive, he looked yeah, good. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. know, break the emergency fire glass to bring him back if mm-hmm. you need right, to. But right. if, if he's holding it down, just let him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, next one. Uh, Giants only put up seven points against the Eagles. Man, the Eagles look good. Mm-hmm. They look good. They look like the complete team on yeah. both sides of the ball. Um, you know, they were balanced on offense. Daniel Jones looked awful. But I got I got to give the Giants credit. They come out and already said, he's our guy. We're sticking <laughs> with him yep. going forward. Well, if they can resign him. Because right. it's his contract year for him. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've got to get him back under contract. Right, so, yeah. I Cooper, think it, we'll let you get us yeah, started go on ahead. this one. Um, the big thing that popped out, the Eagles especially, their rushing attack. Yeah. They almost had two guys over 100 yards. I mean, that's that's you usually don't see that. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, 112 yards, and uh, Miles Sanders with 90. So for both of them to, you know, be able to control the ground game, especially for one of them to just, you know, be a, you know, in between the tackles kind of guy for him to eclipse over a hundred yards. That's, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big key coming into this game was, you know, we, we weren't really sure what the Eagles were going to do. Obviously they had the first round by, you know, questions around, you know, Jalen hurts health with that, with that right shoulder. What was he going to do? Mm-hmm. Was he going to be able to shake off the rust? Well, I, I don't think he can do any better than going seven for seven for almost a hundred <laughs> yards in, yeah. in the first quarter. Uh, that, that, the offense came out, it was clicking, the defense was clicking. I mean, this was just an all-around great performance from the Eagles. And on the opposite side of the ball was, you know, an absolute disaster for both sides for for the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones did did what he could, but he got sacked five times. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, this Eagles – Right, yeah. yeah, I just think it was, you know, it's just the difference. I mean, the Eagles coming into this, statistically, I mean, had the better athletes on paper, had the better team. You know the Giants obviously and they lived up to it, right? And the yeah. Giants, you know, pulled off a first round upset against the against the Vikings. Um, but yeah, I just think that there was a a talent, you know, discrepancy. You know, when it when it comes to that, the Giants know what they have to do to get to that point to to get over the hump. You know, for to to take on these Eagles, who you know, like I said, both sides of the ball, you know, played 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 phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I don't yeah. think you can say any any more than that. And, and that's more nothing more that you could ask for for the Eagles. After coming off of that, you know, first round, first no round, rust, line, no rust, no, ru- no rust, no yeah. rust, and obviously, 
they did they didn't have to play this to beat the Giants. I think they could have even played, you know, maybe their B game and, and still somewhat beat the beat the Giants. Obviously, they need this performance. We'll talk about here in a, in a little bit. I think that they need to have another, you know, A or A plus, you know, performance against their, you know, next opponent. But uh, you know, still you want to have some momentum going in. You know, continue to build momentum in the in the playoffs. That seems to be the key for teams that make runs to the to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants kind of lived up to their MO from the, what they were all season long because they were about a 500. You know, they play great one game and right. then kind of fall off a mm-hmm. little bit the next. So they, they kind of just followed their season trend here. Right. You can't do that against a great team like the Eagles who won 38-7. to Man, that defense was fantastic. Oh. Helped, helped the Giants to 227 total yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just talked about the Eagles had two guys alone almost rush for 200 yards. Right, so, right. Yep. You know, that, that's, just, that's that's crazy to hold a team in this day and age in the NFL at 227 total yards and get get five sacks and a turnover as well. I mean, that's, that's yeah. just a great day for the defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, Bengals and the Bills. Did I mention I was the only one to pick the Bengals? Can I yep. say that again? All right. All right. I'm saving it again. Uh, 27 to 10. You know, this was, uh, you know, the Bills coming in, you know, they've been kind of the one of the odds on favorites to make it to the to the Super Bowl. But, you know, I think going forward, I think the Bills need to look at some, they need a more balanced attack. They, mm-hmm. they had 63 yards total rushing and 28 yeah. of those was your leading rushing rusher the quarterback mm-hmm. and how many times did we see that this season mm-hmm. that, that josh allen was their leading rusher you can't you can't do that in the nfl fellas right. you, you can't mm-hmm. um you know the big surprise to me was how well the offensive line of the Bengals played yep only yeah. gave up one sack mm-hmm. um and you know and Mixon had over 100 yards rushing yeah, um, Matt. We'll let you get. We'll let you get us started on this game. Yeah, really. Like the, the difference of the game was how great Joe Burrow was in this game. Mm-hmm. He threw for 242 yards, two touchdowns, and it was amazing how good his makeshift offensive line played. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't a unit that played together all season. They've been plagued by injuries, right? And you know, they only gave up one sack, mm-hmm. had no holding penalties. Yep. I mean. Yeah. What a great day for an offensive line that really hasn't played together or gelled together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that unit can only get better, I would think, you right. know, with, with time, Just time a, working a together. Just a boost of so, confidence at so that yeah, point. I mean, yeah. I mean that, that's got to be a great great sign for them looking towards the next game. Right, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think – you know, this this one, I mean, just watching this game, I mean, it just looked – Buffalo never really looked like they were in it. I mean, I just never felt like their heart was there or just – you know, they just never felt like they, you know, really – I don't know the 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 effort was there. I don't know. They looked out of sorts from the get go. I think it was one of those things that the Bengals. I mean, they came out and they lit the the Buffalo Bills up. I mean, they, well, they passed those two quick t- TDs, right? Know? Yeah. And before you know it, yeah, you're down fourteen nothing, and you get that kind of deer in a headlight look where you know Buffalo hasn't been in too many of those situations, you know, so far through the regular season or you know through the playoffs so far. So I think it was just a, a different situation that Buffalo wasn't wasn't used to handling. Um, but yeah, for me was that was you know as as much as as great as the Bengals' offensive line looked, I think the Bills didn't exploit that enough. I mean, they didn't take advantage of that enough to really make a difference. Get we know what Burrow can do. I mean, the guy gets the ball off super quick, but you got to get you know you got to get some pressure on there. This guy's gonna gonna pick you apart all day every day. Uh, and I just, yeah, I didn't think Buffalo did enough to, to really, you know, get, get enough, you know, pressure on Burrow. I mean, it wasn't even the, the sacks. He just never really felt 
you know, uncomfortable back there. I mean, the the guy had all day to throw back there Uh, when he needed it. So I think, yeah, yeah, Buffalo definitely, you know, on the defensive side has to address, you know, kind of that pass rush. Obviously they lost Von Miller earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. I I think that really showed, you know, in this game, but just showed throughout the the rest of the season after he got hurt that, you know, that they missed that, that key pass rusher for, for them. But uh, you know, and on the flip side, you know, the Bengals defense only gave up 10 points, but that's Buffalo's, lowest point total they've scored all all season yeah. uh buffalo went four of 12 on third down uh and 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 you know the the bengals uh defense came up with a a huge pick kind of towards the end of the game that, that pretty much sealed the deal for them mm-hmm. uh i just think yeah this bengals team this was a complete game that we that we saw from them both on the offense and, and defensive side of the ball we'll, we'll see if they can keep that momentum going obviously a big big tough test they got coming up this week <clears throat> All right, anything else? Anybody want to add in there on the, on the, on the Bengals-Bills game? For the Bills, um, what I got offensively-wise as well, they just couldn't get any of their core guys involved. Like, for their leading receiver, he's – I mean, he's he's not he's not bad, but Dawson Knox, you know, only 65 receiving yards, and Stephon Diggs didn't even get – he didn't even eclipse 40. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, I think it was just – We saw the frustration come out on the sidelines a little bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, between the quarterback and Stephon. Yeah. yeah, obviously. And, and another thing, you know, the, the Bills had eight penalties for 60 yards. I mean, again, it, it just – Buffalo never really seemed like they they were in it. They just kept killing themselves with, with you know, stupid penalties and just, yeah, never really kind of got into the flow flow of the game. And, 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 yeah, the hats off to the Bengals. They had a perfect, perfect game plan and, and kind of got Josh Allen off his, off his rhythm and kind of got that offense, you know, out of, out of sorts. So, yeah, like I said, they're going to have to – they're going to have to do something to get a more balanced attack, I think, if they want to continue to be competitive, you know, in the uh, going forward. You know, it's not enough just to make the playoffs. If they want to, if they want to make deeper runs, you can't, you can't, you know, average 63 yards rushing and 28 of those be, you know, half of those yards be your quarterback. So, yeah, going forward. So, all right, last game, you know, the late game then on Sunday was the Cowboys and the 49ers. Um, you know, this was a game – Again, Dallas couldn't get a run game established. Um, they only had 76 yards rushing, uh, lost their uh, Pollard leading re- uh, running back to a broken leg. Out um, San Francisco kicked four field goals, which, you know, you're not going to be able to rely on that going forward, I don't think, against against a better team as, to, as, as you move on. I think the key for me for San Francisco was being able to convert seven of 14 times on third down i think that was a big key to keep drives alive for them keep you know keep dallas off the field when they were trailing um you know and then maybe there was a little bit of desperation for dak when you know throwing those two picks or whatever but to me that was the key for san francisco keeping those drives alive and converting on third down like they did Coop, what you got um for me the 49ers uh i feel like this was a big uh test for brock purdy for this game, everybody, you know, was kind of saying how, oh, well, he hasn't played, you know, elite pass rushers. Or he, he's only played, you know, so-and-so. But I feel like, you know, finally going up against a guy like Micah Parsons, where mm-hmm. he's finally making, you know, good decisions, either just to dump it off or take the easy route. Right. I feel like that was, you know, a real big test of who he is as a quarterback. And I feel like that won them the game. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I think uh difference in this one, yeah, was, was Brock Purdy, you know, when he got pressure into those situations, he didn't try to, you know, force force things. It, it seemed like Dak sometimes when he was a little bit under pressure or, you know, a little bit out of sorts, it was it was forcing throws. And 
one of those was a key interception, you know, in the in kind of in the red zone there, you know, they were kind of knocking on the door to possibly, you know, get, get some points and, and, and through, you know, through a, a crucial pick there. But uh, yeah, I think, I think this one, you know, turned out, you know, kind of maybe the, the opposite of what we were, what we we're expecting. We maybe thought this would be a little bit higher scoring game. I mean, both these teams came into this game being, you know, some of the top two, you know, offensive scoring, you know, juggernauts coming into the game, but both defenses locked in and it was, you know, kind of a, a, a game of attrition, if you will. And at the end of the day, you know, the 49ers were able to grind it out and, and get, you know, just enough plays and, and get just enough, you know, out of their, out of their offense to, to get some more points and, and, and win the game. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with all of you that the difference in this game was Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> last pick in the draft, Brock mm-hmm. Purdy. Mm-hmm just outplaying Dak Prescott in my mm-hmm. mind. And it wasn't even close. It was by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Dak threw big interceptions. And they, they, those were early on. So it wasn't like he was pressing trying to get, get back in the game or <laughs> right. anything. Yeah. They weren't behind. Actually, I think, one, they were in the lead when mm-hmm. he threw. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's the mistakes Dak's made all year long. He, he throws silly interceptions. And he, he's not worth the money he's getting paid. I'm a Cowboys fan. I, I watch him every week. Mm-hmm. He's got to go. They've got to find somebody else to fill that spot. Mm-hmm. He, he's not a franchise quarterback. All right. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, two games on Sunday. The first one at 3 o'clock. Um, San Francisco at Philly. Philly's getting the edge by two and a half points. Um, you know, like we said, Philly looked uh, unbeatable, I thought, on, you know, this last weekend. Um, you know, San Francisco, I already made mention – they got to do better than kick, you know, have Robbie Gold kick four field goals. When mm-hmm. they when they get on the other side of the field across the 50, they got to get more production than <laughs> than one touchdown on the day. Um, the big question mark for me, Colton and I talked about it earlier today, you know, McCaffrey's listed as questionable right now on the, on the uh, you know, injury list. The Colton said he thought it was like an oblique or an ab muscle or something maybe. Um, we'll see how that pans out. That's that's huge. Even though he didn't play a big part, you know, didn't have a lot of yards or, you know, on the game line, he's always there, you know, because he's a dual threat coming out of the backfield to catch balls. Um, you know, we'll see how this goes. Cooper, you want to lead us off with your your picks on this? Yeah, so for this game, I'm going 49ers over the Eagles, 30-27. to 27. Yeah, wow. I, f- I feel like it's going to be a really, really close game. But I do feel like, you know, it's going to – come down to, you know, whoever wins the turnover battle or whoever capitalizes in the red zone more. You like that San Francisco defense. Man. I do, I do, I All do. Right. All right, very good. Yeah, I, I look at the, I look for this to be another low-scoring game, a defensive battle just like the Cowboys 49ers game. Both these teams are giving up 20 points or less per game. Mm-hmm. Both teams are only scoring about 26 points per game. Mm-hmm. So you know, these, these teams are very similar on paper on what they do offensively and defensively. I think the difference in the game, though, is going to be the escapability of Jalen Hurts and his ability to make plays outside of the pocket, make things happen with his legs. Yeah. I think that, that's going to help them get over the hump, make make those extra plays that I think Brock Purdy probably won't be able to make. Mm. And I also think Jalen Hurts is going to be able to call on his big game experience from college. Mm. Neither of these teams really have much big game experience for anybody on right. their rosters. Right. Yeah. But I think it helps. Hurts, Hurts has been in that spot in college. He played in college national championship game. You know, he, he's been there. It, He's felt the pressure of a big time game. Not saying it's the same in the NFL, but you know, you, you've got something to draw on at mm. least. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's gonna help him in this in this game in this atmosphere. I think the Eagles win a close one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like the I like the 49ers in this one as well. I like I like them to get the get the upset. I, again, I think it's gonna be a super tight game. Vegas agrees. They got the Eagles by two and a half right now. 
I, I think, you know, the 49ers can can make a difference. I mean, again, it's it, it may come down to, you know, a special teams moment or, you know, some kind of special teams play. And, and I think the 49ers might have the have the slight edge in, in that one. But, you know, I think I think the key for the 49ers going into this game is, is getting some pressure on on Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, when he's been when he's been clean, when he has a clean pocket, pass a rating of over 110 um, and almost a 74 percent completion rate. When he's under pressure, when he's scrambling around back there, a 65 passer rating, almost half of you know what his wow. passer rating is, a, a clean pocket, and a completion rate of only 44 percent, almost 30 points less, you know, completion wise, mm-hmm. when he's when he's back there scrambling. I think the 49ers are going to have to get you know get some pressure on him. Not going to be you know easier said than done because this Eagles offensive line is no joke. They're one of the you know one of the better you know offenses in the, in the league. Um, so I think, yeah, the 49ers are definitely going to have their have their hands full. But again, the 49ers defense is no slouch either. They, they got, you know, got got some got some guys on that on that side of the ball. Again, I think, uh, you know, Brock Purdy does just enough. He, he hasn't been spectacular, hasn't been phenomenal in, in the playoffs, but he's done just enough to keep him in the game, relies a lot, you know, on that on that defense. <clears throat> again, I think the defense can can get it done. I like it in a super, super tight ball game, maybe even, you know, last second, last second field goal, 49ers, you know, come out on top and, and, and are headed to the Super Bowl. All right. Well, I, I got to go with the Eagles. I, I like the way they played last weekend. I think they just, they just look to me, they look unbeatable right now. And I just don't, I, I like San Francisco and actually I kind of like to see them win, but I just, if I'm betting my last dollar, if I got to eat this weekend, mm-hmm. I'm going to bet my last dollar on, on, on the Philadelphia Eagles. Right uh, uh, another, you know, thing to, to look at here is, you know, the, the Eagles, uh, you know, outside of beating the Giants who made the playoffs, you know, the last, you know, two or three weeks of the season and even, you know, last week in the playoffs, the Eagles haven't played another team that made the playoffs since week six. So they haven't had a lot of, you know, tough games or a lot of, you know, teams that, that are playing with, you know, elite talent or, you know, playing to, for meaningful games, if you will, outside of, you know, the Giants, they haven't really been tested here recently. That's so true. we'll mm-hmm. see, we'll see what, what happens, uh, you know, against, uh, again, another elite team in the, in the 49ers who have won 12 straight games, you know, uh, it, it's unbelievable. So yeah, it's going to be, going to be exciting football. And, and, and so we'll, we'll see what, what happens. All right. Well, the late game then, which thank goodness, again, it's a six thirty game. <laughs> I won't be up till midnight on Sunday. Um, Bengals twelve and four at the Chiefs fourteen and three. I think what the the spreads one and a half in favor of the Bengals. In favor of the Bengals. Um, yeah, and I don't. I think I think they're betting on Mahomes' ankle not being a hundred percent. I think is why that spread is there. Burrow has kind of had Casey's number. You know, he's he's three and one against them. Um, going into Kansas City, the weather is going to be good. Football weather, no <laughs> rain. I don't believe forty degrees. I'm going out on a limb. I'm taking the Bengals again this weekend. All right. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Who yeah. day? Yeah. I uh I gotta agree with you. I like the Bengals to, to pull off the upset here. I, I think again, a, a key for the Chiefs is getting pressure on Burrow, but Burrow is, is one of those guys that I looked it up, he gets the ball out in two and a half seconds on average, you know. So time of the snap, you know, from from the time the ball is snapped to him throwing it to his receiver, it's two and a half seconds, which is one of the fastest, I think the only person that's faster than that is is Tom Brady. So he's definitely, you know, we've saw his first year in the league with, you know, that terrible offensive line. You know, he, he, I think he's developed that part of his game. He's really worked on that to try to work on his mechanics, work on trying to get that ball out quick. 
and the Chiefs have a decent pass rush. So I think again, with with a makeshift offensive line, you know, we don't, you know, they could have they, they obviously were great last week, but are they going to be great again this week? So I think the key in this one, Burrow has to continue to get that ball out quick, get it to his playmakers, and, and, and some guys are stepping up. Obviously, we know what what Jamar Chase can do, what T. Higgins can do, but there's other guys like Hayden Hurst or, or Tyler Boyd on this on this team, and even Joe Mixon had a great great game last yeah. week to kind of balance that offense out. So I think that that Cincinnati again is playing good at the right time, and, and going into Kansas City, obviously going to be a very very tough environment. But the, the Cincinnati has not shied away from that from that moment. I mean, they did it last year; they beat the Chiefs on the road uh, in, in Arrowhead Stadium. They've done it, you know, done it this year. Uh, you know, I, I just think the Bengals look like they're they're going in the right direction. I just I'm a little bit worried or concerned about that Patrick Mahomes, you know, injury to him. If the Bengals can kind of you know get him out of rhythm, because the only way the Chiefs lose is if they beat themselves, and that and that you know seems to be the 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 thing that happens to the Chiefs. But I like this this Bengals team is is trending in the right direction, both sides of the both sides of the ball. I like the Bengals to to get it done and, and advance to the to the Super Bowl. So I'm taking both you know both the lower seeded teams to to advance and and make it make it to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I'm going to make it three for three here. I'm going with Ooh. the Bengals as well. I think it's going to be a close jumping one. on the Bengals thing. <laughs> but I, I just I don't believe Mahomes will be at his best. You you don't saw ankle sprain in a week before the and biggest was, game of the year. And it was bad. It, it was a bad, exactly, yeah. And, and in the second half of that game, he just he looked pedestrian. He wasn't himself. Mm -hmm. He's I don't believe he'll be himself again this game. And no. I don't think you can bring that against this Bengals team. Right. I, I think the Bengals are going to win. <clears> and it always it always seems like with those ankle sprains or whatever that if you do stay in the game or keep you know somewhat keep pressure on it, it it you know it's fine. It's it's when you do rest it or when you when do it when it cools off that it you know starts to swell up or it starts to you know really Stiffen cause or... cause issues. So. I think, yeah, having kind of this week off, it, it may hurt him more than it did by him coming back into that game against, you know, Jacksonville last week. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to be be the same guy yeah. we're used to seeing back there. <clears throat> well, I'm going to have to go for four for four for this. All right. Um, All right. I have the Bengals over the Chiefs. Uh, I do think, you know, with the image of the Chiefs being Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's going to be himself. Uh, I think, you know, that offensive passing attack may struggle and they might try to rely on the rushing attack, which I just against the Bengals. I don't I don't see that working out well for them. But, uh, yeah, I have the Bengals taking down the Chiefs 23 to 16. All right. Good. You know, they say, you know, Colton, you talked about that quick passing attack. But, you know, the way to stop that is you step in front of those. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think the Chiefs on defense have the athletes to do that. Right. You know, when, when you got. When you got Jamar Chase on the other, how many times do you want to take a gamble on him stepping mm -hmm. in front of Jamar Chase when yeah, he gives way. you that double move and, and, and burn then, something yeah. bigger than that? Right. So yeah. I just, I just don't think you know that's the only way you can defend that quick pass is by stepping in front of those. And I don't think you want to take that chance too many times now mm -hmm. against Jamar Chase. Man, I'll tell you what, if you, you give the Bengals a tight end like Kelsey or like the the Forty Niners tight end there. I, Holy cow! What what would that offense <laughs> yeah. be there? I mean, we, this would be that's, that's one thing they they miss is an elite tight end right. there in, yeah. in Cincinnati. Right, and they had it with I, I you know they they let C.J. Uzama you know go in free agency you know yeah. now now a New York Jet and I'm not saying that he was you know somewhat the same level but he had a great season for him last year um you know and was was a big target for him. I'm not saying that he's on the on maybe on the same level as Travis Kelsey, but you could be saying that if they did have a Travis Kelsey. Yeah. This could be almost like a mirror image of, of the Chiefs that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, th this is obviously the Chiefs 
fifth straight AFC championship that they've been to. Um, So, you know, I I think you could be talking about the Bengals, you know, having that elite tight end. We're talking them as, as, you know, kind of a a dynasty or, you know, the, the the same thing as, as the chiefs having that elite offense. So, but yeah, it's a good, good point that you bring up, but it's like, yeah, how many, how many weapons do you need? But you know, you, you never, never can have too many, I guess. And, and that's been the chiefs philosophy. The Bengals are have been slowly building that through, you know, through the draft and through through free agency. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be some exciting football. I'm 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 excited for for both games. I, I think both of them are going to be super competitive. Um, so we'll we'll see who's who's going to play for that. You know, that illustrious you know Lombardi Trophy. We'll you know we'll see if if any of us are right about any of right. it, but we'll, we'll we'll see about it. It'll so. be fun to watch yeah. no matter what. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's our show for tonight, Colton. You want to do the honors? Yep. Uh, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host Colton Cow. Chief Rob Cal, <clears throat> Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We have uh, an Instagram. Um, our handle is fireduppod underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook at fireduppodcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and even find this this episode posted there. And there's a few links and, and kind of some information a little bit about about the show on our, on our website as well. And you can find our podcast on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, you can find our show. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.